is in the Navy, the other in the Army. Both are degenerates. Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler, bringing you local and global veteran news and resources from the warfighter's perspective. They've got your six on American Warfighter Radio. All right, what's going on, everybody? Shane Whitecloud in the studio. Boone Cutler is actually not here right now. He's in Washington, D.C. If we're lucky enough, maybe we can get him to uh, to call in and give us an update on what he's doing out there. He's doing some pretty amazing things. He always does. And uh, just to kind of preface, uh, the week of July 13th through the 17th, or through the uh, 19th, I believe, I'll be back in Washington, D.C., and Boone will be here and so uh, he'll be doing the show alone, or maybe we can get John to come in for that one too. Uh, joining me in this studio, if you're watching through the Facebook stream, uh, a familiar face from last week's episode, John Yespa uh, from Honor Flight and several other organizations, and we're going to be talking about a different one today uh, in the second hour, but he's going to be joining me as the co-host today. And then if you're watching the Facebook stream, you can see Craig standing right behind me. He's getting my computer hooked up so we got an interesting show today we're calling it the gold star show so as, as you've probably noticed we have themed each show that we've done so far the first one being mission the second one being honor and uh there we go what was that oh <laughs> there we go all right uh, just, just, uh, now that's your fair warning. If you ever come in the studio, turn your volume uh, down on your devices. There you go. All right. Um, but, uh, the second one was being, was honor, a uh, great show. Um, uh, some amazing people came on and then this one, gold star. Um, and if you don't know what gold star is, it is, uh, well, John, why don't you go ahead and tell us, uh, gold star? Well, gold star starts out with a, a blue star. Uh -huh. If you're a are a parent or a family member that has a child serving, that family member is a Gold Star mother, father, Gold Star sister or brother. Right. Um, and unfortunately, if they are killed in action, that Blue Star becomes Gold Star. So if you see around Nevada, we have Gold Star license plates or a Fallen Heroes license plate. That's what it means that one of their family members has um, died in our service in uniform. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty deep. So uh, that being said, be forewarned over the next couple of hours, we're going to be getting pretty deep into some subject matter that might make you feel a little uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, that is not the, the desired goal. The actual goal is just to let you know that there are resources out there to help in situations like that. And I am absolutely amazed, honored, and flabbergasted that we got uh, the parents of Matthew Axelson to come in for the second hour, Donna and Corky Axelson. I love them to death. I met them uh, just a little over six years ago. I got to sing at a memorial of his and uh, um, been amazing friends ever since. And I had dinner with them a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Would you mind coming in and talking about resources and the Axelson Foundation and all that. And so they're going to be coming in. We'll be talking about uh, the Gold Star Memorial that you're going to be unveiling this Friday or this, this Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Um, and some of the guests that you're going to be having. Absolutely. Uh, we have an in. event coming up this Friday as well at oh, the yeah. airport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, and then uh, we got to get uh, – do we have Chris on the phone by any chance? No? Uh, let's see if we can reach out to Chris somewhere before the end of the show, and we'll talk about some of the news that's going on in and around the area um, as far as uh, local uh, stuff. But uh, we've got a couple of people that we're also going to be talking to on the phone. Uh, very dear friend of mine, Paul Smines, also known as Doc, uh, because he was a medic. Uh, different Doc. Okay. Um, but uh, he was a POW um, 
and uh, we're going to have him call in. He's going to be calling in from Norway. He does have a Norwegian accent, so uh, it tends to lead to a lot of amazing, awesome, funny Freudian slips, such as things like uh, whenever I took him to a strip club one time, he said he went and got a $20 laptop, uh, things like that that make really good radio. So uh, he said, that's the first $20 laptop I've ever had. <laughs> it was amazing. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's, he's going to be on the phone with us, and then we've also got the winner of the military. Kings of Comedy, uh, Eric is going to be joining us as well on the phone and then in studio, the Axelsons and yourself, John. So you're here for the entire show, though. Glad to be here. <laughs> so tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. Why are you on the show? Why are you, what, what, what brings you to the veteran forefront? Why are you here with me right now? We could dive into that all day. I don't know if we'd ever get to an answer. Um, you know, we're all part of the veteran community. We're all part of the community first. Right. It takes a village. Um, I think everyone knows or should know that freedom is not free, whether it's military or first responders. Um, we're all in the same category of showing respect. We've been raised that way. Um, I moved here seven, eight years ago and just got involved in the community. And we've known each other for many a years now. Um, been friends with you and Boone and a couple of the projects that we work on. Right. Uh, we're here today, obviously, to talk more about the Gold Star Memorial and the Gold Star families. Um, the soldier has paid the ultimate sacrifice. The families live with that sacrifice the rest of their lives. Um, we go to funerals and pay respects. And for the most part, that's the last time the community supports or shows our, our gratitude and love to these families. So we're going to try to change that. That's awesome. And that's exactly what we're on a mission to do. And, and that's why I think you and I have uh, become pretty good friends over the past few years because... Um, you do certain things that I, I don't know how to do, and I do certain things. <laughs> I don't things. either. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, but our mission is the same, to help the veterans in need and the families that are surrounding those veterans, because often uh, that word family gets left out of the equation. It's just about the veterans, and so we try to focus on not just the veteran, but the families as well. What we say all the time is you don't know who your neighbor is. Right. Exactly. And I just dug up Chris's phone number, so we're going to call him here pretty quick and see if we can't... Uh, get him on the line to talk about some news. Um, but uh, I got to tell you, there's a lot of cool things that are happening in the world right now as far as uh, veterans go. I got to, you know, here's an amazing thing, John, and this is, I think this is one of the reasons why I love doing what I do so much. And, and you brought up a really good question outside. You said, you know, there's a, I'm, I've got my hand in a lot of pots and I do a lot of different things. I wear a, a lot of different hats, as you said. <laughs> um, and and I, th I think the biggest reason behind that is because whenever I was getting out of the military, I was so troubled. And I think if those resources would have been available whenever I got out of the military, I probably wouldn't have gone down the bad path that I had gone down. I probably would have had a lot more of a support. success, you know, uh, yeah, a lot more support, uh, a better chance at success. So uh, that's why I love doing what I do. And that's why we're right here on American uh, Warfighter Radio. I'm Shane Whitecloud. Joining me in the studio, John Yespa. We'll be right back. It's your worldwide invite to Charbecue, the butcher's kitchen. Perfection in tri-tip, rib tips, and brisket. Rotisserie chicken with the white sauce. All hardwood smoked. Old world sausage aged to perfection. Wood smoked fire. Charbecue, the butcher's kitchen. 7689 South Virginia. Call in and pick up dinner. Charbecue, the butcher's kitchen. Get in and get real. 
Hi there. Hi there yourself. You look great. Well, I went to see Dr. Richard, and he helped me get off the booze and drugs. He even helped me get my court stuff straightened out. My uncle told me he saw him, too, and he has something called EMDR. It uses light wave therapy to help with PTSD, weight loss, anxiety, addiction, anger, and other stuff, too. In just eight sessions, my uncle got rid of his PTSD after years of suffering. You won't believe this. He has that new social security program called SOAR. It's aimed at folks with addiction, alcohol, mental health, and homelessness. I hear folks are getting benefits and housing within 101 days. Yep, that's right. Folks should call Dr. Richard today at 775-683-1108. The first appointment's free. Call 775-683-1108 or visit his website at docrichard.weebly.com. And you can catch him every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on this station. Call Dr. Richard today, 775-683-1108. And don't be f- up anymore. Wynema Ranch Wild Horse Sanctuary, a preserve dedicated to keeping America's wild mustangs and burros running free. Wynema Ranch, 29 miles north of Reno near Hallelujah Junction. An amazing sight to visit. Over 130 of God's majestic animals at home on the range. Experience the beauty and wonder. Give at WynemaRanch.com. That's W-Y-N-E-M-A Ranch.com or call 775-384-4444. Wynema Ranch. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. military has language all its own, made entirely of acronyms and abbreviations, such as Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. You're listening to American Warfighter Radio with two bands, Boone Cutler, Shane Whitecloud. Oh, that's badass mother for those of you that didn't know. Well, there we go. Two bamps. I love it. And you can be a bamf too, John, because you are a pretty badass mother beeper. So, uh, Back here, we uh, the show's a little bit different today. Boone's not here, um, and if I could get him to call in or something, then we can do that so he can tell us what he's doing in D.C. because I, I know it's pretty interesting. Uh, we are going to get uh, – Doc says he is logged into Skype, um, so we're trying to figure out how to get him on the line as well. Um, we'll be pulling him up uh, here pretty quick, and, and he's He our... must not accept calls from people who aren't on his friends list, and he hasn't accepted my invitation yet. Okay. So. Uh, what am I going to tell him to accept your the invitation from who? America Matters. America Matters. There we are. Okay. Um, so 
This is a little uh, different. We usually we the show is just driving itself. Right now we're trying to get our people to follow through on their no end. No GPS. So uh, that that's what happens when Boone leaves, and I'm I'm left driving the ship. Um, so yeah, uh, Chris actually just uh, uh, sent me a message. Says he's tied up in a meeting, so he can't call in and do some news. So we'll definitely. Uh, uh, he said that the meeting just popped up, wasn't scheduled ahead of time. He's writing me on Facebook right now. Um, to catch up on the uh, the first segment, we have some pretty amazing guests coming in. And the second hour uh, in studio is the Axelson family. Um, we've also got, um, let's see, uh, uh, John Yespa is in the studio with me right now filling in for Boone. And he's going to be talking about some of the work he does with our Gold Star families as well. And then we've got some, some uh, phone guests that we're going to be getting on the phone. Um, Paul Smines, also known as Doc. Uh, was a POW. Uh, he's going to be calling in from Norway, which is why he's doing it through Skype. And then we've got the uh, the winner of the uh, Military Kings of Comedy. Eric is going to be calling in as well. Um, so there we go. Uh, I've got I got Doc writing me back and forth. Sorry, I sound distracted. That's I'm watching what's going Shane on. multitask. Yeah, yeah, a lot of different multitasking going on right now. And so. people are watching me watch you. <laughs> We're on split screen, so <laughs> they they're just watching can't me see too. me. So, exactly. and I think I got a hold. I'm getting a hold of Paul right now, so I think okay. he might be here momentarily. All right, perfect. So we're getting the call out to, to Paul. There, there he is. If he'll turn his camera on, we'll see his mug. All right, let's get him on. Let's get him on. Here he is. Say hi. All right, Paul. What's going on, brother? Hi, I'm doing fine. Are you? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. I love you to death. Thank you so much uh, for putting up with us. I know it's a pretty late hour right there right now. Probably what around 11 o'clock. Uh, quarter past 10, actually. No, quarter past 10. All right, I was close. How about that? All right, so um, for those of you that didn't uh, catch on, uh, Paul is a very, 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 very dear friend of mine, um, and I'm going to go so far out on a limb to say that he is my brother. Um, uh, a lot of veterans know that we don't need blood to define our relationships, and uh, Paul and I met at a very interesting time in our lives. Uh, we were both prospecting for a motorcycle club, and uh, um, we ended up forming a very close relationship, and I learned a lot of interesting things about him. But one of my favorite things about Doc, uh, is what we all call him, uh, is that he does these Freudian slips. So, uh, <laughs> Paul, why don't we go ahead and talk about some of those really quick, because that's, that's to me, that's gold. That is liquid gold right there. So let's, let's talk about some of your uh, – this is how bad it was. We would bring him on the radio station whenever I was over at a different radio station, right. and we would do five minutes with Doc, and I would just <laughs> give him the microphone and, and just let him talk. So, so Doc, let's talk about some of the stuff that you've mentioned in the past that uh, we all got a kick out of. Well, uh, my English is not so good; it's uh, broken. But uh, and when I get excited to try to tell some some somebody about something, mm -hmm. I do it not so good. So when you ask me on on your radio show, what do you do for a living? I'm actually, an, I'm a medical retired, and I said I was a medical retard. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of medically retired, he said medically uh, retarded. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't mean that in a bad way. He just didn't know he was saying it wrong. Um, yeah. So, and, and then what about the first time you ever visited a gentleman's club? Yeah, the first time I visited, uh, you, you were a gentleman, and you gave me a $20 uh, lap dance, and right. I was uh, telling people about this. I say I, I got a twenty-dollar laptop. <laughs> twenty-dollar laptop, <laughs> cheapest laptop in the United States of America. There you go. Yeah. All right, so um, 
that's 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 the lighthearted side of of Doc, and and whenever he comes stateside, he always comes and stays with my family. Um, he is family, but uh, there's a there's a deeper story here that I wanted to cover, and we've got about six and a half minutes left in this segment, and Doc, and then we're going to go into the next segment with you. So just stick around with us. But uh, let's talk about the dark side, man. What's uh, you're doing some pretty amazing things over in Norway and in the surrounding areas now that um, have to do with veterans and PTSD, and it all stems from your own personal um, uh, things that had happened. So I'm going to let you go ahead and just take control of the microphone and kind of talk about your story a little bit. Yeah, it started when I was young. Uh, in Norway, we have to, it's a little bit different from America. In Norway, you have to go to the military. You have to do one year of service. Um, and uh, when I was finished with that, uh, I volunteered to go to Lebanon, South Lebanon. Did that for a couple of, of uh, times um, as, a, as a medic uh, with the UN. Uh, then I joined the Desert Storm on the field hospital, also as a civilian volunteering as a soldier. Uh, in 92, I got, got to Croatia as an ambulance driver. Uh, in 93, I went to Macedonia. In 95, I did Bosnia. But uh, as, a, as a civilian, you are in and out of, of contracts uh, with, the, with the military. And uh, in 92, I was uh, taking hostage or prisoner. Uh, during the fighting down in Croatia. Uh, I wasn't there for so long, I was there for one day, but they, I was really beating up and uh, and they told me that they should kill me, me and another soldier from Holland. Uh, so, so the UN will withdraw from the area. Uh, and I was convinced that uh, that was my last day alive. Uh, luckily, my partner at the time, he, he managed to escape during this. Uh, uh, when we get uh, taken, and uh, so he can uh, inform our troops of where we were held. Um, so they managed to, to get it out uh, from there before they kill us. Nice. Uh, a couple of years later, uh, the other soldier, he killed himself. And I tried to kill myself uh, in 2000. Mm. I was working as the head of an ambulance service. And one of, uh, uh, what I always say, one of my priority as a head of the, the, the ambulance service was to, to help my employers uh, dealing with tough tough stuff at work. As in the meantime, I was slowly going down um, from my PTSD. I didn't recognize that I had the PTSD back then because I was thinking my depression was something else. Uh, so it, I had to learn that was it was from the military. So um, uh, when I wake up in the hospital after a couple of months, uh, I have to, to learn my, to start my life again. Right. And then no way back at that time, we didn't have any support for wounded veterans. And uh, so I started my own organization for wounded veterans. Mm -hmm. I sued the government to get some money because I lost my job. Uh, and I start to build a relationship with the government so I can uh, make the government imp implement a lot of new laws, and new, a lot of things for helping veterans. And today it's much better. Today it's, uh, it's a different world. So normal, normal job is uh, I go around teaching t uh, psychiatrists and doctors how to treat veterans with PTSD. And that's... 
that's pretty yeah. amazing too because you're, you're saying that on one you were on one side of the fence at, at one point in time where you were ready to just take it all all, all away but you fought through and not only did you make it through, but you also developed an organization that can help other veterans who are dealing with this as well, which is kind of what me and John were touching on earlier about, you know, you, you see a need through personal um, uh, sacrifice, and then you, you turn that need into something that can help others. And uh, I got to say, man, uh, you've been doing some pretty cool things. Like I've seen pictures of you and helicopters flying over the, I mean, Norway's gorgeous. John, I don't know if you've we, ever been. I have not. Why are we waiting? Let's yeah, go. right. Let's just go, right? Doc, <laughs> skype back into Boone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, um, Doc, so what are some of the things that you think? We've got about a minute and 40 seconds left in this segment. What are some of the things that you think the general public should know whenever it comes to uh, veterans, PTSD, um, you know, uh, these situations that might lead to thoughts of suicide and, and um, you know, that there is help out there. Um, how can other people get involved? Obviously, if you're doing it in Norway, uh, there are ways that we can do it here as well. What would you suggest? What's a good um, what's a good line of advice that you would give? One of the things we did in Norway, who's really good, is we go to the community, the city uh -huh. council and say, these veterans live in your city. You make a plan uh, how the city can uh, help the veterans um, by opening places that where the veterans can meet, uh, provide for psychiatrists if they need it, provide for healthcare worker if they need it. Uh, so the city says, 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 this is our citizens uh -huh. who are in need, and they are our heroes. Of course, we're going to uh, give them help, what they need. And in Norway, that's that's a good thing. A lot of communities now have plans, their own plans, because it's just, every city is different. Uh, many have something before, something something they have to make up, uh, and it's started to get better. Uh, you're doing amazing things in America by recognizing veterans. Whenever I, I go over there and people see me with some time of uniform or something, they say, thank you for your service. And, uh, we don't do that in Norway. Hopefully, we can learn from you. Oh, there you go. And so uh, that's a really interesting concept that we're going to talk about in the next segment right now. Shane Whitecloud, John Yuspa in the studio filling in for Boone Color. This is uh, American Warfighter Radio. We'll be right back. Looking for family entertainment? How about remote-controlled car racing on Nevada's largest indoor dirt track? Whippet RC Raceway and Hobbies. No equipment or racing skill is necessary. Rental cars are available and the staff will instruct you. All ages are welcome with classes for beginners, weekly races, and a monthly competition with a $100 cash prize. Want to buy your own one-tenth scale RC car or need parts on repairs? Whippet has a full hobby shop featuring recognized brands like Lowsley, Associated, Traxxas, Axial, and more, and now carries drones and drone parts. Whippet is the perfect venue for birthday parties or company and other special events. That's Whippet RC Raceway and Hobbies, located at 1005 Standard Street off Panther Drive exit in North Reno. Give them a call today at 775-686-8415. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Whippet RC, offering family fun for everyone five days a week, Wednesday through Sunday. 
Hey everyone, Dave Escher here introducing you to our new store, the Nevada Marketplace in the Reno Town Mall. Anchored with the Buy Nevada First gift shop, we've added over 60 micro shops, giving locals a place to set up their dream store. We are now 20,000 square feet strong, supporting over 250 local merchants with all things made in Nevada and more. We have more locals in one place than anywhere in the state, ready to help you find that perfect gift. We're open every day with easy parking at Peckham and Virginia. Go to buynevadafirst.com, your source for all things local. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy, and you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. You're invited to join Business Connections with Anita every Wednesday from 10 to 11 a.m. here on 1180 a.m. KCKQ America Matters. This is your on-air rally point for veteran news, resources, and events. Keep it locked to American Warfighter Radio with Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler, two warfighters with a mission to keep you informed. Lima Charlie. Lima Charlie. It's Shane Whitecloud with you. John Yespa in the studio. Boone is in Washington right now and on the phone. My very dear friend Paul Smines calling in from Norway. Um, in the last segment, explained his uh, situation. How he was taken as a prisoner of war and uh, um, fought with uh, thoughts of suicide. Somebody that was taken with him actually uh, did follow through with those thoughts and completed suicide. And then uh, um, Paul actually broke through that barrier and created an organization that helps not only uh, educate other veterans in, uh, on how they can, um, on other things that they can do besides considering that final thought, but also educating psychiatrists and doctors. Um, and, and one of the things I've got to ask, uh, Doc, uh, as we jump back into this, um, there's, a, there's a couple things I really want to talk about, but one of them is, is how do you approach, like I can't imagine just walking up to Renown and going, hey, I want, to, I want to teach you how to speak to veterans. I want to teach you how to identify veterans who are struggling with PTS. So how did you actually break that ground? How did you, how did you get these doctors to, to agree to let you speak to them and, and do this? Luckily, I was um, I was going to the the health the, the hospital. I said, "Hey, I need to, or we need to to, to teach these doctors how to do it," because when I was in the hospital, I was just lying there. 
in the end of my two months uh, recovery period in hospital, I was at the hospital at night and uh, on the day, and I uh, drive an ambulance during the, the evening. Mm-hmm. So, so nothing there for me. So I go to the to the the, the chiefs of uh, the hospital and say, hey, can we can we make something up that we can go around to all these units, to all these hospitals, and, and teach them? And they say, do you have a plan? And I say, yes, I can have it done. I can do it tomorrow. And they say, okay, do it. So they <laughs> open the door for me uh, to go around talking about my story, uh, but I also talked about how. Most of the problems for veterans, I think, in Norway especially, is that the difference between being out in a war zone or conflict area and coming home to the civilian life. The, the, go, the transit there is really hard for many veterans. Right. And so to teach them how we are as soldiers outside, uh, that we're carrying guns all the time, that, that we have, uh, you can't touch my gear, you, you can't... Uh, um, if if somebody gets shot, I got survival guilt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. To teach how soldiers are is is really important because they think you have you of you as a civilian and they don't understand. Right. Yeah. And and even if you do try to explain it to them, it's a whole other world for them, and, and it might lead to a whole language breakdown, which is uh, where there's probably a, a need for a huge program as well for. Uh, uh, somebody to come out and teach, um, you know, just uh, military uh, lingo, you know, uh, the uh, military cultural training, like what uh, Donald and, and uh, tra- uh, Zach and yeah, they all do over at the Reno Vet Center. They have a huge presentation that they do uh, on multi- military cultural training. That's pretty amazing. I'm uh, I, I I wish I could just walk into a hospital and say, hey, this is something I need to do. Well. Um, in some yeah. cities, they have uh, tied with police departments. They call them like citizens citizens academy. Mm-hmm. They bring different people in from their community um, and run them through not really a, a police academy, but enough that they can understand the stress, the different nomenclature, the different stuff like that. So maybe there has to be some sort of, um, you know, one night a week for a month where different community leaders, different hospital folks, mental health, just different providers. Mm-hmm can you know network with our local veterans and local veterans groups so they get a better understanding and what they don't understand is they have a resource they can call somebody when they get into that predicament right yeah yeah and uh you know the other thing too that i wanted to bring up and we were kind of touched on a little bit um during the break and if you were watching during the facebook feed uh at american warfighter radio on facebook you caught some of that conversation but uh uh, one of the things that I noticed you're saying, Doc, and, and, and I understand you're in a different country, but um, I think the mentality is absolutely amazing because uh, what you're saying is is we shouldn't depend, put all of our eggs in one basket and depend on one organization to handle all of our veteran matters. You're saying the city should get involved uh, because these veterans are part of their constituents. These veterans are part of their population and that the city should actually um, take the reins and do some, some work with our veterans as well uh, throughout the nation uh, and don't just depend on one federal organization or one state organization to handle all of these. Now the city should be involved as well because these this is their population, this is their people, and they should have they should have a, a dog in the fight, uh, essentially. Yeah, as you said, Boone said it, uh, I think, earlier, it takes a village. Right. And it takes a village to help veterans coming home. Uh, so, so to say it's just one organization who's going to provide it, and they have a lot of things to do. So the city can do 
can take away a little bit of that pressure. Right. Uh, I don't say that the city should provide the doctors and everything if if you if uh, you have it on, on in a hospital, but you can do so much more. You can give them a, a place to be, to to, to form groups, to form uh, support for buildings, everything. So, but you have to. You, uh, it breaks my heart every time I go to America to see all this veteran suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have, we are not so big in Norway. We only have one hundred thousand uh, veterans or something. Uh, so, so, so we don't have that big problem. But I see all uh, everybody I talk to over there who's a veteran ha- has uh, problems. I think I feel. Uh, so, so we, we need to be stepping things up. Uh, also in Norway, we do it now. The community, uh, the cities, making their own plans, mm-hmm. just to support what the government can do. And I gotta ask too. Uh, there's there's zero homelessness where you're at, isn't there? Yeah, you you can be homeless, but uh, the rules are the government or the city will provide a place for you to stay. But some some drug addicts and, and stuff, they are homeless, but. Uh, you don't you don't have to be it in Norway. So when you're saying there the city options. provides a place to stay, are you talking about like a shelter, or are there options for them to to get off yes. the street and get their help, yeah. their life back? Yeah, uh, the rules in Norway is that the government should give you, uh, the, or the city will will give you uh, housing. Uh, if you can't stay in housing because you are drug addict or something, mm-hmm. they have shelters you can go to. Another reason for a field trip. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too, Research. because uh, it's pretty amazing that the city is, is providing housing for the homeless instead of uh, yeah. depending on organizations to provide, you know, grants and funding for that. Sure. And, you know, we've got just in Reno yeah, alone, we've got a lot yeah, of empty oh, motels, yeah, right? Yeah, the thing in Norway is that the, um, we are a rich country. We have only four or five million people. But uh, but uh, the, the the mentality in Norway, like our, our prisons or our uh, homeless, is to help people. Right. No, if you go to prison in Norway, it's it's not for punishment so much. It's for they give you schooling, they give you they, they try to better you. So mm-hmm. when you go out, you don't come back. Right. So it's a uh, it's the tools like are that. There. Uh, if, if, and I mean, we think if they go give you housing. It's a it's a better for you, so you can start swimming again. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of success comes from a stable environment, right? So yeah. if you're somewhat stable within your housing, then you can yeah. expand out to employment and. So like it that. takes a village. Right. They went and served. They come back to that village, and the village supports them with housing. Right. Health. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So. Um, on the phone again, we got uh, Paul Smines, a.k.a. Doc. I just hit the microphone with my hand. I'm not used to having a headset microphone on. Um, really quick, though, I had a few people write in. Um, there are four lives that I do, I do want to honor, given the theme of the show. Sergeant Graham Woody, Army Sergeant Graham Woody, 27 of Missouri City, Texas, passed April 5th of 2013 during a training exercise. Uh, PFC Cody Board, uh, Army PFC Cody Board, 19, killed in action after insurgents attacked him, uh, his unit with an Im- improvised explosive device, IED, on October the 4th, 2010. Um, Corporal James Heath Pertle, uh, 27, of La Mesa, New Mexico, passed October the 4th uh, when his Bradley fighting vehicle was attacked about 60 miles north of Baghdad. And Specialist Joel Lynn 
Bertoldi, I hope I said that correctly, 20 of Independence, Missouri, was killed in action July 18th of 2003, IED, um, underneath a military vehicle that he was driving through Fallujah. Um, just uh, people writing in saying, hey, please honor my my loved ones, my spouses, and if you have somebody you'd like us to recognize, please feel free to write that in the comments, and we will do everything we can to make sure that they get their recognition during the show. This is the Gold Star Show on the phone through Skype. If you're watching through uh, the uh, the Facebook video, you can see live uh, all the way from Norway, Doc, talking about some pretty amazing things that he did um, after being a, a prisoner in war and then um, turning his life around and now helping not only the community of veterans, but the, the doctors and psychiatrists who treat these veterans to understand uh, PTSD and uh, uh, suicide, all these things that typically go together and how he can, how they can help. And I love the fact that people are doing that. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to Boone Cutler, who's in D.C. right now, too. And, and there's a lot of people watching through John's feed, through my feed. So if you have questions, feel free to type them in. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for calling, and big shout-out to the VMV LV out there uh, in Norway. I love you, brother. I miss you. I hope you stay safe. Is there anything that you want to leave us with uh, before you take off? I just want to thank you for your amazing work you do, Shane. Uh, you, always, uh, you always do this stuff for veterans, and I have deepest respect for you and your friend over there. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Well, I, hope, I hope to see you soon, too. We need to get your butt down here, or we need to come up I'd there. I'd rather one go to Norway. Other. Yeah, let's go to Norway, John. All right. So on the phone, Doc, thank you so much for hanging out with us, talking about your experiences. I'm Shane Whitecloud. John, yes, but filling in for Boone Cutler. And this is American Warfighter Radio. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready for a live game of Clue? For nearly 30 years, Fun Time Theater has held private and monthly dinner murder mysteries. Each night is different, and each event includes dinner and a show. You're the detective, and your job is to figure out who did what to who and why. At the end of the night, a super sleuth and not-so-super sleuth are awarded prizes. This is a great event for a birthday or holiday party and team-building events for your office. Visit FunTimeTheater.com to make your reservations and use promo code RADIO for $5 off each admission. Get down to Midtown. Midtown Matters. Hey, check it out. I scored the security camera from Scotland Yard last week. You went to London? No, the spy shop in Midtown. Right, I've seen that place. Yeah, this tiny unit immediately notifies me and sends videos to myself. That's awesome. What else? Well, Dave provides free tech help and demonstrations with all home business security and self-defense gadgets. I need that for sure. Well, then visit Scotland Yard Limited at 1092 South Virginia or thespyshop.com. Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. Clean Image Mobile Detailing. Rick details your car, truck, RV, horse trailer, and airplane. Clean Image will go to your home or business. No more waiting in line. Clean Image Mobile Detailing. 775-233-5207. 233-5207. Call Rick. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, 
It was sparks from me. Your handy chains. Dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth, spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Oran with Coffee with Sharon. Remember, Thursday, 5 p.m., I'll be here. Will you? Brought to you in part by Michael's Reno Power Sports. One says, hooah, and the other says, hooah. Still trying to figure out what the hell either of them is saying. Like American Warfighter Radio on Facebook. Or you're a Poe. Back to the shenanigans with veterans Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler. You're a Pogue, it says. Shane Whitecloud in the studio. John Yesper filling in for Boone Cutler. Don't forget, if you want to call in, we've got an 800, uh, 1-800 number you can call in. So if you're listening from anywhere in the U.S. or anywhere, really, uh, 1-844-790-TALK. That is 8255. You can also text in uh, to 775-237-2266. And joining us on uh, Skype, on the phone lines, uh, a very, very funny guy, uh, Eric Knowles, uh, and uh, Boone actually turned me on to this guy. I watched some of his YouTube videos. I was cracking up. Uh, and he's a Marine, so he can tell you all about Pogues, can't you? Is that, still... That's me, for sure. There he is. <laughs> <I can't... laughs> all right. I thought we lost you. I'm like, that's a really awkward silence that we just had. So, all right. Eric, what's going on, brother? You're a Marine, and uh, tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps, uh, 1998 to 2003, uh, OIF-1 veteran. Uh, I had a lot of fun in the Pogue side of the Marine Corps in the air wing. Uh, <laughs> a little too side. much fun. I got busted down three times in five years. Uh, I actually stood in front of the man five times, and I was able to kind of talk my way out of it two times <laughs> and save my rank. But, uh, that was but, just uh, practicing. It was, it was a lot of fun and a lot of great memories. I was able to uh, do a little bit of uh, Urah stuff over in Iraq while I was there. Nothing too major, but uh, you know, I just uh, really enjoyed it. And you know, after I got out, I, I kind of felt a certain way about it for a long time. Kind of ashamed. You know, I got out honorably, but I had been in a lot of trouble, and I wasn't uh, really a, a you know a top percentile Marine by any standards. Uh, and then I just started doing stand-up uh, along the way and ended up kind of touring for the troops. That kind of became my niche, military and veteran audiences. And when we started doing, you know, entertaining the troops, going to bases, and I started hanging around and just smelling those smells again and hearing those sounds again and feeling that pride again and just witnessing all of that esprit de corps and all of that. And it reminded me of, you know, what it was really all about. And, and it's really been able to kind of rekindle my pride as a veteran and 
it's just been a great way for me to get back. I, uh, I formed a group called the Veterans of Comedy. So, you know, so we're a bunch of comedians or former military veterans, and we uh, focus all of our talents and uh, and time and energy on entertaining the troops and things like that. And we've gotten to do so many cool things. We had a, uh, for two years, we were running a course called uh, Combat to Comedy, where we would kind of help uh, returning warriors kind of deal with whatever it is, you know, because people were getting at these wounded warriors are getting out for all kinds of reasons, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be PTSD or losing a limb or testicular cancer or, you know, just a lot of weird reasons that I didn't even ever consider. Mm-hmm. And so they're, so they're going through loss of, of their military family and, you know, kind of coming to the terms with the fact that they're not going to be able to be in anymore. And we kind of just teach them to try to use humor to uh, to work your way through it, kind of whistle your way through the graveyard. Because the first few years after you get out and become a civilian, as you probably know, can be the you know the toughest. That transition to civilian life is is a really current one for a lot of us veterans. Mm-hmm. And so we just try to focus on those transitioning and try to you know ease that transition for them. And it's really helped a lot. It's been crazy. Yeah. Like, I can't, I never, I never would have guessed how just telling jokes, you know, and being a class clown could really help people. But I've gotten some just crazy emails from people who, um, I almost want to say the guy's name, but I probably shouldn't. But I got a, an email from a Marine who is a good friend of mine now, just out of the blue, mm-hmm. that, you know, he was getting ready to commit suicide. He had planned it, planned it out. You know, and today was the day, and he had written the note and was walking across the room to go get the thing and get it done. And uh, he was listening to comedy. His computer was open on, like, Spotify, and it happened to play something from my album, High and Tight. Something that caught his ear, and it just stopped him. And he said he ended up downloading the album and listening to the whole thing and really connecting and it reminded him, it just made him feel something again. You know, he hadn't felt he had been numb for a long time. Right, right. And, th- and that kind of thing just blows me away. I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, you heard all of that in my jokes? Because, you know, that, I didn't have that in mind when I was writing my material. You know, I'm just telling my story. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand completely because uh, my cousin actually just wrote me a couple of weeks ago, um, and she knows I I do a lot of work with a lot of veterans, especially whenever it comes to um, suicide prevention, postvention, and and families that are involved. And uh, she wrote me, she lives in, um, oh gosh, was it Iowa, Ohio, one of the two? I I always get them mixed up, right? There are only a couple states, right? (laughs) Right, yeah, and different letters. Four-letter states. Yeah, right, four-letter states. Um, but uh, she sent me a picture, and I'll actually post it up here in the comments uh, for people that are, are watching. Uh, she sent me a picture and said that her girlfriend's husband had completed, and um, he had laid this out. Um, and and it, when you see it, you can see all the meticulous care that went into this final goodbye. And um, it really... Uh, it really, really bothered me that somebody felt like this was the end. This was, there was nowhere to go. And so that's, I think that's part of the reason why I do what I do because it just drives me to not want to 
continuously hear about these things. And I'm also, as a follow-up to that, I'm going to post a picture of the uh, Veterans Crisis Line, Military Crisis Line, 1-800 number there. So anybody that feels like they might need to reach out, they have that information as well. But you can take a look at that picture I posted up, and you'll see all the meticulous care that went into this this soldier's final goodbye. And he was a Marine as well. And, and you know, as an entertainer, as an artist, I can completely understand where you're coming from because you draw off a personal experience. I mean, that's what drives your show. It's not a show if you're talking about somebody else or if you're talking about something that was fabricated and never actually happened. So you can actually draw off a personal experience and that's why you get the connection that you get. That's how you, you know, reach those people like that person you were just telling us about. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I thought about, I've thought, I've thought about this a lot, but I've never really had that thought that I guess that is, you know, they recognize something genuine in it. Right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've gotten, uh, I've gotten critiques from other comedians that have said like, your material is so good. Like nobody could steal it because the way you tell your, your jokes is, you know, it's your story. Nobody can steal my jokes because it's, it's all my story. You know, it's not, Right. I'm, not, I'm different from a lot of comedians where I'm not repeating the same lines right. night after night. I'm, but I am telling the same story. But I don't say it, I don't have it scripted. You know, I try to tell it from whatever mood I'm in that day or whatever read I'm getting from the audience. You know, whatever. I, I'm, I've gotten a little better at reading the audience and being able to connect with them. It's just really been a crazy journey. It really has. I mean, comedy, <clears throat> first of all, saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, a long time ago, I've I've been through it with depression and alcoholism. I'm uh, almost four years sober today, and I'm very thankful for that. But that's beautiful. Uh, but being able to get on stage while I was in that depression and escape from it, and be able to talk about some of the things that I was going through, even if I wasn't being real clear about it, if I could get a laugh on any aspect of what was going on in my life, it kind of made it hurt less, you know, it kind of lightened the load. You know, if you can laugh about something, then it can't be that bad. You know what I mean? It was therapy for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, I always say <laughs> the act of doing good is therapeutical under unto itself because, uh, it's almost selfish in a way, you know, get back more than you put out. Right. You know, but the fact that you get that, but you know, you, you put out there, Hey, uh, I want to help you. But, and, and through the act of helping that person, you're actually, you feel better about it. Right. And, and I can't even, I, I wish I could do comedy because I could only imagine, I mean, your job is to make people laugh. Your job is to bring joy and you get to carry that around in your heart, you know? And, and, uh, Man, I, I mean, God, that's got to be twice as therapeutical as anything I've ever done. Well, you're on to something. In a way, <clears throat> that's something that everybody can do. I mean, everybody can't do stand-up comedy, but everybody who is in a depression or who's in a state of depression uh-huh. uh, can help someone else, though. And that that in itself is is known to help with depression. They'll say, you know, people will give that as a, as advice, like go, you know, do some good deeds, go uh, volunteer somewhere or something, because that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And you're right. Like me helping other people and having people come up to me after shows and say something just out of left field, you know, like how I've just helped them through their day. This one lady hadn't been, uh, she hadn't been out of the house for a year exactly to the day. 
her husband had died a, a year ago, you know, on that day of the show. And her sister made her get out of the house on that day. She said, you know, I don't, I don't want you. I got these free tickets to this comedy show. I want you to come. She didn't want to come. And she ended up having a blast and laughing until her sides hurt for the first time in over a year. And it kind of helped her. She said it helped her to move on because she felt like her husband would want her to feel this way and would want her to be able to laugh again. Right. And man, that just, that just blindsided me and hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was, you know, again, just flabbergasted. Like, how did you get that out of those fart jokes I was telling or whatever it was? <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, really something magical. One of the other things we've got about 20 seconds left. So I just want to point this out too. You're telling your story, but the reason it's so identifiable is because you're actually telling all of our stories. I, I remember the the skivvy jokes. If anybody wants to check them out, look them up on YouTube, Eric Knowles. Um, but the, the, the skivvy jokes, I mean, that's something that happened to all of us, you know, but you're the one that came out and talked about it. And we're like, oh, yeah, that, that happened. So Eric Knowles on the phone. We'll come back and uh, wrap it up right after this. But uh, Shane Whitecloud, John Yes, Baboon Color, American Warfighter Radio. It's classified. I can tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. One was in the Navy, the other in the Army. Both are degenerates. Shane Whitecloud and Boone Cutler, bringing you local and global veteran news and resources from the warfighter's perspective. They've got your six on American Warfighter Radio. Shane Whitecloud in this studio, John Yuspa filling in for Boone Cutler, uh, doing an amazing job too. Um, and then we've got in the studio with us uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world, um, and I only met you like six years ago. Uh, for the very first time, but Donna Axelson is here. Corky is on his way, I'm told. And still on the phone, we've got Eric Knowles, uh, military comedian, um, does some pretty amazing things, goes overseas and entertains the troops now. Did you ever think, Eric, that you would actually be going over into the sand again, but this time to do comedy? No, not at all. Not at all. Matter of fact, if you'd have told me that, I would have bet against it. Right. Sure. That's it's a... just, I just kind of got pigeonholed into it. I don't know. I just woke up one day and I was doing comedy, it seems like. Well, that's that's pretty amazing. So uh, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of tell people who are listening, because we got a lot of people watching right now, including the executive director of the VA hospital is watching as well. Uh, how can people follow you? How can people get a hold of you? I mean, if I wanted Lisa Howard to reach out to you to maybe bring you on board for an event sometime, uh, let, let's get all that out there so that way people can follow you and, and give you your just due, brother, because you're out there making things happen and, and bringing peace to people's lives through laughter. So let's let's talk about that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, first of all, people can, uh, I would direct people to theveteransofcomedy.com or on whatever social media platform you prefer. Uh, but you can email me and get a hold of me at info at veteransofcomedy.com. And that's where, you know, all of my veteran stuff comes through. If you have to follow me as a comedian and be my fan and find out when I'm going to be at a comedy club in your town, uh, the best place to follow me is on facebook.com slash Eric Knowles Comedy. That's E-R-I-K. Knowles like Beyonce. All one word, Eric Knowles Comedy. That's the best. 
Um, and just encourage people to get involved in your community and get involved with the local veterans in your community. Go out and sit with these guys. Go to the VFW and just listen to this. Like it changed your life, I promise. All right, I posted the the veterans. It's the veterans of comedy, not just veterans of comedy. Uh, com. I posted that link up in our uh, our Facebook feed for for our followers to follow that way as well. Uh, but I had to stress uh, the veterans of comedy for anybody who's just listening right now through thank the radio. Um, and and thank you so much for all the amazing work you're doing, brother. I hope we can bring you to Reno someday to do a big event. We do a lot of uh, we do the Spartan Pledge at the VA hospital. Uh, I, I gotta say the VA hospital here in Reno is is probably extremely super cool because uh the the executive director has an open mind to doing things outside the box like bringing people like you on uh to do maybe a show there at the the hospital to entertain the residents and stuff and and that's not something that typically happens at a va hospital so well we've got great support that's in the community cool. maybe we can do a fundraiser with him i think so too Bring yeah him. maybe we can get him a, a show over at the reno top comedy pioneer underground that's by veterans for veterans. By veterans for veterans, yeah. Yep. All right, we brother. know Wayne over there, the guy that books that. I think his name is Wayne. Yep. Pretty yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's always told me if there's something we want to do, let him know, and he'll be on board to help out. So, all right, brother. So, oh. thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Uh, sorry about any of the technical difficulties that might have happened uh, with the communication or anything. Looks like a sign's falling down on a back wall, and my kid's <laughs> freaking out over there. But uh, maybe Craig can go help him out over there. But, uh, again, any parting words, any wisdom that you want to leave before you take off? Uh, man, you put me on the spot there. No. Vote Republican. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's going to stir a – no, actually, on this show, that's fine. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, thank you for what you do. We really appreciate you. Guys, check out Eric Knowles, and it's E-R-I-K-K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Uh, you can see some of the, his stand-up routine on, on YouTube and, and definitely go to theveteransofcomedy.com. And if you want to get more information on him, his email was info at theveteransofcomedy.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, sir. All right. Is that what you call an office on wheels? That is an office on wheels. This dude is rolling in style. So uh, you like this? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you like this. file cabinet. <laughs> he's got. <laughs> you got to worry about the shredder. I'll tell you what, the, everything's in the trunk. That's right. How do you get to it? All right, brother. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Eric. Take care of yourself, brother, and keep making people laugh. Yes, sir. You bet. I'll see you out there. All right. Take care, brother. All right, so uh, that was Eric Knowles. Uh, again, you got all the information on him. we got about two minutes left in this segment, and then we're going to be spending the rest of the uh, hour with one of my favorite people, uh, Donna Axelson. Corky Axelson's on his way. We're going to be talking about their son, Matthew Axelson, um, pretty incredible person. Uh, Donna, you want to say hi really quick? Hi. It's great to be here. And <laughs> I love you just like you love me. It's Aww. fun how when you meet somebody that there's just that instant connection, and we had that, and yes, it's been good to see you through the years well you know uh donna actually is the one who hooked me up with billy who is uh he's one of the lead architects over at the capitol building and billy gave me a private tour of the capitol building because of donna and he just said nothing but amazing things about you he loves you so much yeah i think you and corky actually had come into uh dc the day after i left to have lunch with him and he texted me and said are you still here we're having lunch together yeah. and i'm like ah i know billy's a, a great guy and, and anytime we're back there not as often as you, but anytime we're back there, we always see him because he's such an encouragement to us. And right. 
Yeah, you know, is he's got an incredible story for sure. We'll, we'll yeah. have to have him on the show to talk about his story. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know, I, I've never been to DC before, and I think uh, I've been three times now mm-hmm. in the past yes. three months. <laughs> so, but Donna, we're going to be getting back to uh, to Donna here shortly, uh, and uh, she brought me an amazing gift, uh, a book called Among Heroes. It's a U.S. Navy SEAL's true story of friendship, heroism, and the ultimate sacrifice. And chapter three is all about your son. Yes. So we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about that as well. All right. Shane Whitecloud, John Yespa, and the Axelson family here in the studio in Reno, Nevada, in the Reno Town Mall for American Warfighter Radio. Stick around. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Dragonfly's Mike and Lauren have a fantastic variety of products created by Lauren and many local folks. Handcrafted candles, soaps, lip balms, moisturizing creams, and lotions. Personally build your own essential body sprays and experience their bath and shower aroma therapy bombs. Mention this ad and receive $5 off your $20 purchase. Visit Dragonfly Bath and Body at 728 South Virginia Street or online at dragonflybath.com. Your body will thank you businesses, writers, check this out. Go to LRPNV.com to get your printing, publishing, and professional services today. Need a virtual office? A place to receive and forward your mail with professional address and suite number for your business? Someone to answer your telephones? Want to rent a conference room for only $15 an hour? What about that book you've been wanting to have printed? LRP Printing and Business Center can do it for you, and they have a professional assistant on-site daily, Monday through Friday. Just call 775-356-1004. Need copies, business cards, invoices, books, booklets, or graphic design to help brand you or your business, just call 775-356-1004 or go to lrpnv.com. With a great selection of new and used books, you can get your printing done and a book to entertain you in your time off. And don't forget, you could have your business sponsoring the Bookhound Radio Show, just like Andrew Martoni, author of Little Man in the Map, does every week. Just go to lrpnv.com. That's lrpnv.com or call 775-356-1004. They'll provide solutions for your business and writing projects. Hi, I'm Noreen Leary, CEO of the Veterans Guest House. Guest House is a home away from home for our veterans and their families who travel to Reno for medical care. Our house is more than just a warm bed. It's a place of camaraderie where veterans can find support and long-lasting friends. We serve veterans, men and women, young and old, Navy, Army, Marines, Coast Guard, and Air Force. Wherever they hail from and whatever their circumstance, the Veterans Guest House is ready to support them. The reason we feel so strongly about our mission is that we know that many veterans would forgo their medical treatments because they simply can't afford the accommodations. The guest house is one of a kind in the country, funded entirely through private donations. Want to know how you can help? There are many ways you can be involved, from volunteering, providing dinners, or supplying items from our wish list. Find out more about the guest house at www.veteransguesthouse.org. Serving veterans today, tomorrow, and for years to come. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. This is Oliver X. And the G-Man. And Molly in the Morning. Tune in to the Reno Town Tonight Show. Weekday mornings, 8 to 10 on AM 1180 KCKQ. In a world where magic carpet... Oh, we're on the air? Hmm. 
In a world where Magic Carpet actually stands for maritime augmented guidance with integrated controls for carrier approach and recovery, precision enabled technologies. You're listening to military veterans Boone Cutler and Shane Whitecloud on American Warfighter Radio. <laughs> it's a, you know, that actually is an acronym in the military, Magic Carpet. That that Each letter in that stands for a different word, and, and uh, that's absolutely amazing that he got it all in one sentence. Uh, joining us in the studio, uh, one of my absolute favorite people, Donna Axelson, her husband, Corky's on his way. He's another one of my favorite people. So I don't mm-hmm. want to make him yeah, feel one like... Of, one of mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so she's joining us in the studio. If you don't know who Matthew Axelson is, well, you're about to learn because uh, he is a hero. Uh, long, long after the fact. I mean, his his legacy continues. I think is the best way to look at it. Um, will be um, Friday. Will be fourteen years since Red 14 Wings. Fourteen years. Wow. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, uh, Operation Red Wings. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Lone Survivor or read the book, um, that is by the one person who survived Operation Red Wings. Um, and, uh, Marcus Luttrell. Right, Marcus Luttrell. And we don't want to get too much into, into graphic detail, but uh, the, the rest of the team did not make it back. Um, and Marcus almost didn't make it back either, right. from what I understand. There were 20 men on the mission, and so 19 lost their lives. Yeah, and, and that includes the ones in the helicopters yes. that went down as well. So there were the four on the ground. Right. Matthew was one of the ones on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Operation Red Wings is actually the most highly decorated small team action in naval history. Wow. Um, Michael Murphy, who was a lieutenant in charge of the mission, received the Congressional Medal of Honor. The other three men on the ground, Matthew, uh, Danny Dietz, and Marcus Luttrell, received the Navy Cross, which is the highest award the Navy can give. Right. And then the um, 12 men on the helicopter, 16 men on the helicopter, all received numerous awards. So it's the most highly decorated small team action. And it was the largest loss of life until Extortion 17 happened in 6 August of 2011, Mm -hmm. where they lost 31. So um, before we get into all these other things, I want to talk about Matthew. Let's talk about Matthew. Let's talk about Matthew as a kid. Let's talk about him. Like, I mean, your son was a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's like the highest. I was in the Navy. And, I mean, I, I, that's one of those things that you dream of doing, right? And, uh, I mean, but was he always the type of kid that, I mean, did you know this was going to happen? You know, the people ask us that because there's, there's some of the men that we know that from the time that they were uh, junior high or before wanted to be SEALs. Mm-hmm. But um, Matthew was um, very strong-willed uh, from an infant. Uh, when, he would, when he was two and he would do a temper tantrum, he would scream once to show his displeasure, and then he would hold his breath until he turned blue, <laughs> and his eyes would roll back. <laughs> and I asked the pediatrician, I said, what do I do? He said, well, just wait, and either, either, he'll pa- either he'll pass out and start breathing or whatever. So he was always strong-willed, and then um, he was always determined his dad tells a story about in middle school when he was learning to dunk the basketball. 
that we had the standard basketball hoop on our garage. And, but the driveway was slanted. So Matthew got one of those small little trampolines that you could w walk up to and it wasn't very far, far off the ground and jump on it until he could dunk the ball. And he, would, he was so determined that he could dunk it every time that every day after school he would come and he would practice and he would practice and he would practice. So when he called us in October of 2000, he graduated from college, he had worked for a year and he called and said, I, I just don't feel fulfilled. Um, I don't like my job. I, before I get on with my life, I want to give back to my country, so I'm going to join the Navy and become a SEAL. And we never doubted that he would because of his strong will and because of his determination. So he went into the Navy saying, I'm going to be a SEAL. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of being a SEAL is a lot of guys are physically able mm -hmm. to do what the seals require but it's, a lot of it is mental mm -hmm. strength um he tells a story um about when they were in um phase three at um doing the demolition stuff on the island mm -hmm. and so one night they showed him a shark attack video and sharks attack from underneath so if you see a fin on the top of the water you don't really need to worry about it but they showed him a shark attack video and then sent him out for a night swim <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, this is what you're gonna do. Go. Yeah. So oh, wow. they're, you know, they're doing the mind game with them. Right. Um, during the second phase, which is the underwater phase, lots of water mm -hmm. um, activities, um, he purposefully joined the Navy at the end of December so that he could go through buds in Coronado in the summer. Right. He, he didn't think about that boot camp was in Great Lakes, Illinois, where it was, right. you know, <laughs> 10 yeah. below at the end of That's December. That's where I was at, yeah. But um, he called us, and they'd done a two-mile swim in the ocean, and he said, it was the worst experience of my life. I felt like I was swimming with my head in a bucket of ice water. It was awful. So in the teams, they called the wetsuits rubbers. Uh -huh. So the next day, the guys, now they've been through Hell Week. That's phase one. Right. So this is phase two, and they're doing all this underwater buds, basic underwater, all this underwater uh -huh. stuff. And they show up on the tarmac where they line up and whatever. And the instructor said, we're going to do another swim, no rubbers. Two guys went and rang the bell. Right then leave. and there, yeah. Right there. Because it had been so bad the day before. As soon as those guys are gone, the instructor says, get your rubbers. They never planned to have them swim without their wetsuits. Right. They right. were just it's doing it. It's a mind game. Yeah. Yeah, psych you out. Yep. So the uh, the interesting thing about that, though, is, is um, like, a lot of people, when they say they're going to go in and, and be a SEAL, right? I mean, that's, when you hear about the Special Forces, that's the one you hear about most. Um, and, and I remember whenever I was in boot camp, and... Uh, uh, we were doing our swim calls because you have to be able to swim. And I'd come out with a first-class swim call, and uh, they made me sit in this office with this master chief. And uh, he was showing us videos of buds, and he was like, any of you interested? And I was like, oh, God, no, I'm not that big. Hollywood in. actually has made uh, Navy SEALs look like big, muscled-up, just, you know, giant dudes. But really, muscle is, is like a rock. You yeah. sink. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, most of the guys that are in the, in the, the SEALs and stuff are wiry. They're, they're small. They're strong. Super strong. Like yeah. gymnasts. You know. So, uh, yeah. Or, or they stand on boxes for three days straight trying to dunk a basketball. Right? <laughs> so, um, so uh, let's talk about his foundation, the Matthew Axelson Foundation. 
So um, after Matthew was killed, um, his widow and uh, Matthew's brother, mm -hmm. um, our older son, wanted to do something um, to so people wouldn't forget. You know, I think if you talk to any family member of a fallen, mm -hmm. they don't want their um, son, brother, husband, friend to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and also, as I've listened to you talk um, at previous segments, one of the things that you need to do is not sit around and feel sorry for yourself. Right. But you need to get out and get involved and give back and focus on helping other people. So the Matthew Axelson Foundation was started, and um, at the beginning, Cindy and Jeff had a lot to do with it, but Cindy's dad, Artie OG, is retired, so he's kind of the CEO and uh -huh. does a lot of stuff. But there are three different, I like to say we do a before, during, and after with the foundation. So. We support, there's um, a Navy Sea Cadet Corps in Yuba City where Matt's wife grew up. Mm -hmm. And it's won some awards nationwide for being a wonderful program. And if you go into the Sea Cadets program, it's not just because you're interested in going into the Navy. It could be Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard, right. whatever. And so um, every year... Um, the kids go to different summer camps for different, whether it's a Marine Corps summer camp or a Navy summer camp. Uh -huh. And so we provide scholarships for those kids um, who want to go to different of those camps. Because when you hear about the percentage of young people who are joining the military, I mean, what, 1% is what you hear? Right. So we're, in, we're encouraging and helping those kids who are interested in giving back to their country and serving their country by giving them these scholarships to these different summer camps. Right. And then we also partner with the Blue Star, uh, Blue Star, Blue Star Moms. And you talked about that sure. earlier at the beginning, the difference between a Blue Star listening to and me. a Gold right. Star. I listened to the show from the beginning. <laughs> um, and, and we um, support them in sending care packages to active duty mm -hmm. fellows. Right. And then the after part is once these combat veterans come back, we provide Chico State University in uh, Northern California, where both Matthew and Cindy attended. Mm -hmm. um, we do scholarships for returning veterans. Um, they have to fill out a form, but we've never turned anybody down. <laughs> That's so, beautiful. So those are the three that we focus on. We also partner with other um, military organizations, mostly on a one-time thing, if they're doing something um, that we become aware of, um, we will um, donate to, you know, what's going on with them. But otherwise, those are the three, the before with the Navy Sea Cadets, the during with the Blue Star, and the after with the scholarships. That's beautiful. You try to, you cover all aspects, but you also encompass the entire family in this, which is a huge important thing, because whenever it comes to our veterans, a lot of people don't think about the family that surrounds that veteran, yeah, right? And, and that's part of the reason why we wanted you guys to come in today to talk about Gold Star Resources and things like that. And Corky just joined us. If you want to, you can put that headset on and, and you'll be able to hear all of us. Well, you can hear all of us anyway, but you'll be able to, you'll be able to hear everything else in the background too. 
so uh, Corky is, is Matthew's father, um, and he, he just made it here. So thank you so much for coming to the show, sir. I really appreciate that. Glad to be here. Um, Want to let you guys know uh, really quick before we go into break. Uh, you got a few fans, so we'll talk about that when we get back. Join us in the studio, the Axelson family at Shane White Cloud, John Yespa, Boone Cutler in D.C. This is American Warfighter Radio. We're talking to Victor from Precision Diamonds. Victor, where do I go to get my jewelry fixed? You need to come to Precision Diamonds and meet Mo. Mo is the best jeweler in town. He's been with me 17 years. He has an amazing following. Everything's done in-house. You'll be surprised how many customers, how many friends will not let anybody else touch their jewelry except for Moses. Mo is a part of your family. He is my nephew. Uh, he is the future of the business. Uh, we've created a design center where we can create, design exactly what you're looking for. And if it's just a matter of coming in, let us inspect it, clean it, so to make sure that everything's safe, everything gets done while you wait. If you have a very specific job to be done that needs to be done while you wait, let's call us, come on in, let's set up an appointment. And he can, he'll talk to you and tell you the whole process of what he's doing while you wait, while you watch him. This way there's never a question about what was done. And he guarantees everything. So see Mo at Precision Diamonds. Absolutely. Come and see us. Thank you, Victor. Precision Diamonds, your local jeweler across from the convention center. Hello, I'm Omer Raines, author of the international best-selling book, Back to the Summit, How One Man Defied Death and Paralysis to Again Need a Full Life of Service to Others. Now in its second edition, Back to the Summit has been reprinted in countries worldwide. All profits from the sale of this book go to support humanitarian causes of lasting importance. However, the principal reason for writing the book was to inspire others who, like me, have been faced with a major medical challenge. Back to the Summit is available in hardcover, paperback, or as an ebook. An audio edition is also available. Whatever the modality or format, it can easily be ordered on Amazon or from your favorite bookstore. Whether you read or listen to Back to the Summit, I hope that it will serve as an inspiration to you or to someone you know. Again, I'm Omar Raines. If you wish to learn more, my website is sinorains.com. That's S-E-N-O-R-A-I-N. Have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Hector Larson, and this is my point of view. As a student aspiring to become an attorney, one of the main issues I find in the current justice system is the inconceivable amount of inmates in prison for drug crimes. Over 1.6 million people were incarcerated in 2017 for drug law violations. Over 1.3 million of them were for possession alone. Although it may be more than justified to imprison somebody for drug distribution or trafficking them over the border as they perpetrate many of the drug issues in the US, to go to prison for simply having a joint on you is absurd. We spend 47 plus billion dollars on the drug epidemic annually. If we were to stop possession arrests, it would only be 6.9 billion dollars. We cannot soundly put these people into cells next to seasoned criminals as they are not even in the same realm of disobedience. This is not only absurd, but may cause a higher probability of them becoming true criminals themselves. This has been Hector Larson's point of view. Take care. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ, a Lotus broadcast station. The power of radio since 1967. You're listening to the King of Crocs, Boom Cut and master of ceremonies, Shane Whitecloud. Two battle buddies with a mission to share veteran news, resources, and interviews on American Warfighter Radio. 
Shane Whitecloud in the studio, joined by Mr. and Mrs. Axelson, Matthew Axelson's parents, uh, and then uh, the amazing Mr. John Yespa, a man of many words, sitting right next to me. Uh, I don't think you've said more than like one sentence this entire time. It's the way I am. <laughs> See, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and right I talk there. all the time. I yeah. listen. And that's a lot of words. It's, it's yeah. kind of different when Boone's here. It's hard for me to get a word in edgewise, so it's different for me. I think that's why I'm stuttering so much. I'm just playing Boone. If you're listening, I love you. You know um, what John just said is interesting where he said, I listen. Because one of the things um, that you'll see in the book mm-hmm. uh, among heralds about Matthew, and the term that they use for him is that he was a quiet professional. Mm-hmm. And... It used to drive his older brother, Jeff, crazy because um, they lived together in San Diego when Matthew was going through buds. And sometimes in the evening, they go out with some of the guys um, for drinks. And Jeff is a lot more outgoing than Matthew. And he talks and he laughs, and anybody who meets Jeff comes away loving him and they're best friends forever. That's just his personality. But Matthew was more of a listener and more of an observer. And so um, he would sit there, and he would just kind of watch what was going on, and his brothers, you know, laughing and talking. And afterwards, they'd get back to the house, and Jeff would go, how come you were so quiet? Why didn't you? (laughs) And once Matthew got to know people, then he was a talker. But initially, he was much more of an observer. People watching. Yeah. And and some of his teammates... um, one of the fellows that was, Matthew was stationed in Pearl Harbor. He was with SDV Team 1, which stands for um, Seal Delivery Vehicle. It's just a small, wet submarine that attaches to a nuclear sub. Well, one of the men that was in Delta Platoon, Matthew was in Alpha Platoon, talks about, you know, it was hard to get to know Matthew because he was, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. He did his job, but... You know, he was much more quiet and much more of an observer. Apparently, like Dad. A <laughs> 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 man of many words over there, Corky. Yeah, I've said three, three words so far. <laughs> so I, I do, uh, it says here, it says, uh, Matt looked a good deal like Paul Newman and had that same affable, good-natured personality that made him impossible not to like. Uh, but it also says that he was he was different. He was an observer, like you were saying, uh, someone who clearly liked to hover on the sidelines of group scenes and take his time getting a read on everything. So, uh, but the, he goes into saying that Latrell. Uh, so that's that's Marcus's twin brother, Morgan. Morgan, right? Morgan Latrell says uh, uh, he could string, swing a string of words over his head and probably split a cord of hardwood with them. <laughs> so sounds like he was the talker of the bunch, and Axe was more of the sit back yeah. and just. Let's watch and see. So Matthew and Morgan were swim buddies in phase two, uh, really close, about the same size. They like to pair pair the fellas with people that are uh, pretty equal in same size. Same frame. Yeah, same frame. So they were, they were very close. And um, it was kind of fun because Matthew was married, and uh, Morgan wasn't yet. And Morgan loved trainings so he would sign them up for a training they come Matthew we're signed up to do this training and Matthew go Morgan I'm mar- I'm married and then you know they go away for the training and then 
they'd come back and then they'd be there for a little while and Morgan go Matthew I've got to sign up for this training and he's going Morgan I'm married (laughs) but they went through sniper school together and if you know anything about sniper school and one of the reasons they call the SEALs the teams is because you always work as a team and in sniper school you go through with a partner and so Matthew and Morgan went through together and you pass or fail um, as a team so they were very close yeah, and, and you, uh, when we were offline there for a little bit, you were talking about how that teamwork is now influencing young children, or not young children, but uh, high school students. kids. You yeah. know, students who are coming out of high school. Which, by the way, uh, let me let me ask one question. Sea Cadets, is that, more, is that like um, um, ROTC? I, I think it is. For the Navy? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's something all, you know, people can come out of that and go into all branches. Yes. Right. right, which is different than regular ROTC, where you have your Army, ROTC, your Air Force. Uh, yeah. This one you can go into, and you can go into any branch right. afterwards. And it's it's uh, high school. High school yeah. yeah. And then uh, you were talking about a couple of high school students that uh, you guys had talked with. So, um, well, I spoke to the football team at Douglas High School mm-hmm. uh, and just talked about Matthew and what he did in the, in the SEALs and... And if you talk to fellows that have been in the SEALs, they always talk about the teams and how it's teamwork. It's not about you. It's not you don't get the glory that you're there to support your teammates. Each other. And the coach there at Douglas High School had been telling the same things to their um, players that we were talking. And um, it just struck a chord with a number of them, and, and they have said, you know, when they're finished with high school, they want to give back to their country and join the military. And I think that's so important for young people um, just to do that. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing because a lot of people have such a big stereotype whenever it comes to military service. Uh, they think, you know, oh, it, you know, I, my oldest son, uh, he's 23 years old, and I remember at one point in time I had to pay his electric bill for him. He calls me up. He's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, work's not really paying for this, and, and uh, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do this, but my electricity just got turned off. And I'm like, ah. Uh. So I paid for it, but I told him, I said, if I have to do this one more time, you're going to consider enlistment. Because at least in that point, you know, you have food, <laughs> shelter, clothing, right? You are you don't have to worry about an electric bill, right? That's like your dad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So let, let's hear that. Let's hear that story. Was so my dad was career Navy. He was actually at Pearl Harbor on December 7th. He was on the USS Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But as a young boy, he grew up in um, central Washington during the Depression. He was born in 1917. And so during the Depression, his family couldn't feed themselves. Feed themselves. So right. he went out of town and worked on a farm and would take the school bus into town um, as a 10-year-old. Um, and then in high school, he worked as a busboy in a, a restaurant there in town, and, and they, they housed him up above. But when he graduated from high school, he immediately joined the Navy, and it was his family because he said he had a place to slip, sleep and he had three squares a day. And growing up in the Depression, you just didn't know where you, sometimes where your next meal was coming from. Right. He loved... Um, you know, serving his country, and he appreciated what the military had to offer. My mom actually was in the Marine Corps during World War II. Mm-hmm. So, um, and her brother was uh, Army. He was 
D-Day plus seven, Omaha Beach, and um, my brother served. A family of service. My husband was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And Welcome you know, home. Pe- yeah. Yeah. People Thank say, you. well, you're from Thank a military you. family, and it's like, no, I think that's just what Americans do. Right, right. So i got to ask this, Corky, uh, you, with you serving as well and mm-hmm. in Vietnam um, and, and, and knowing what you came home to, um, was this, I, I, for lack of a better way of saying it, was this more personal uh, whenever you lost Matthew? Because he was in service, you were in service. It's not just a father losing his son, yeah. but the situation. There, were, there was, was a lot of things about my time in the service and Matt's that were similar. Right. I was married for a year and a half before I was drafted and proudly served. Mm-hmm. Matthew was married for a year and a half before he was deployed. And I could write letters home. Mm-hmm. Matthew could actually call home. Right. Or send emails. In the movie, Lone Survivor, uh-huh. those emails that you see in the movie uh-huh. were actual emails that he and Cindy exchanged because she shared those with Peter Berg. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And there were a lot of things like that that were very different. Uh, you know, I was a replacement for someone who didn't make it. Matthew trained as a team mm-hmm. and went over there with a team that he knew. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we had new guys in our group and you almost didn't even want to get to know them. Right. Short you timers. Know. Yeah. Well, you, you don't know. And uh, so there's a difference between how you fight and what you think about and all that. And, you know, they'd sacrifice their life for the man next to them. And that wasn't always the case when I was there. So I got to, you know, I mean, you guys have been truly inspirational, though, because you could have just been angry at the world and done nothing. But instead, you chose to take charge and, you know, be on the forefront of this movement that uh, not only inspires other people in general, but other veterans. I mean, I've got uh, an Army vet who just wrote in, and uh, he's, he's a good friend of mine. He lives in Texas, but he says ultimate respect to Mr. and Mrs. Axelson. I cry every time I watch Lone Survivor and think about my Navy brothers. He was in the Army, but we vets are all brothers uh, that lost their lives. Absolute heroes. Uh, ma'am and sir, you are, know that you are loved and respected, and uh, he will never forget you or your son in his heroic deeds. Um, Jeremy Litka didn't even serve, but he says, Miss Donna and Mama Dietz are the reason I believe I should live a life worthy of every man and woman that has served this country and, and made that ultimate sacrifice. So, I mean, you guys are inspiring people to change the world in a good way. And, and I mean, that's how I met you. That's how I felt drawn to you, and uh, you've changed my life as of the past six years. So our, our older son um, started a business in Minden, Axelson Tactical, gosh, six, seven years ago. And when it was first getting started, we would go to gun shows because his business is guns and gun equipment. Well, yeah. let's, let's get into Axelson Tactical right after we get back because it's about to turn us off, and I don't want to <laughs> cut you off in the middle of that because I love you too much. All right, so we're going to get back to it. It's Shane Whitecloud, John Yespa, and Mr. and Mrs. Axelson right here in the studio at the Reno Town Mall for American Warfighter Radio. Stick around. 
Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. It's springtime at Crystal Cove in the heart of Midtown at 737 South Virginia Street. At Crystal Cove, you'll find a variety of dazzling crystals, healing stones, stunning original jewelry, candles, and tarot decks. Crystal Cove, 737 South Virginia Street. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Would you like to lose weight? Hi, I'm Dr. David Nelson. I'm here to give you a proven solution that will lead you to affordable weight management system. Food cravings makes losing weight a challenge. I've discovered a natural safe solution that will crush your cravings. You'll instantly and effortlessly be able to say no to that nighttime snack. Check it out at losefat911.com. The fact is people have difficult losing weight because they can't control their cravings. For 20 years, I've been searching for an all-natural, safe supplement that would help people control their cravings, and now I found it, and I want to share that secret with you. Just go to LoseFat911.com, that's LoseFat911.com, and as a special bonus for the first 10 people that check it out, I'll give you a personalized one-on-one consultation valued at $150. Just go to LoseFat911.com for details. Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin-potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. IPT uses low-dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low-dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer-killing ability. Could IPT with low-dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave Dad, you're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt U.S. Kids and the Ad Council find out what's hot and happening join lady j for smooth jazz tonight join me saturdays 10 to noon here on america matters you're listening to american warfighter radio with shane white cloud and boone cutler eliminating the stigma associated with the word veteran on air online every wednesday from one till three Be sure to like their Facebook page to watch live, comment, share, catch up on past episodes of American Warfighter Radio.
It's American Warfighter Radio, Shane White, Cloud with you, Boone Cutler's in D.C., so John Yespa's filling in for us, and we've got a big event that's coming up we'll talk about here towards the end, um, and, and it kind of wraps this whole thing up, the Gold Star Memorial reveal that you're doing at the Nevada State Veterans Home uh, on Saturday, so we'll talk about that one as well, but uh, I want to kind of get back into it with our very special in-studio guests, uh, two of my favorite people, the Axelsons. <laughs> Donna. <laughs> Donna and Corky, and uh, we were talking about the life of Matthew, but there's a lot more, I mean, there's just so many things in, in an hour is not enough time to cover one person's life, especially a hero like your son. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but let's talk about uh, the Cupertino. Is that right? Yep. The Cupertino Veterans Memorial. So um, if you know the story of Red Wings, when Marcus um, was recovered, was rescued, he went back and he said where to find the bodies of the other men. And when they went in, so he was rescued on July 2nd. Okay. And when they went in to re um uh, recover the bodies. They found Mike Murphy and Danny Dietz exactly where Marcus had said. But Wait a second. So you're telling me Marcus Luttrell, by memory, remembered exactly where everybody was at and was able to give the, that information so that the remains could be recovered. Yes. That's right. Yeah. See, that's something that's not even told, and that's absolutely amazing that he can remember that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, but Matthew wasn't where he thought he was. And that was uh, July 4th. And so Danny and Mike were, were recovered, their bodies were recovered on July 4th. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the Matthew's team, SDV Team 1, only half of it was in um, Afghanistan, the other half was in Iraq. So mm -hmm. when Red Wings happened, the six guys that were in Iraq came over to help um, with the recovery. the recovery. And they went into the area and were not going to come out until they found Matthew. And he he wasn't found till July 10th. So the other men were found on July 4th. Um, and they kept his name, the, even our church, they didn't want um, our church prayer chain to pray for him because they didn't want his name to get out. Mm. Because then the Taliban would say, we've got Navy SEAL Matthew Axelson. Right, right. So, but once he was recovered and his name came out, a former student of mine, Tony Banderman, called me and said, I think they do, should do something to honor Matthew's sacrifice. What about, like, name a room in the new library in Cupertino after him? Mm -hmm. And I said, Tony, I think that would be great. He said, well, I'm going to go to the city council, but I'd like you and your husband to be there so they know it's okay with you. Mm -hmm. So we went, and the city council thought, you know, rather than doing that, we've got this park in town called Memorial Park, but there's really no memorial. There's a flagpole with a little plaque at the bottom. How about if we do something there? And we never wanted it to be all about Matthew. We wanted it to be about veterans. And so they did a town hall meeting, and the city of Cupertino um, voted unanimously to do this project. So um, we got involved in that project. And um, it's really three parts. It's a the city donated a large part of this park mm -hmm. to building this memorial. And we had this wonderful sculptor, W. Stanley Proctor from Tallahassee, Florida, mm -hmm. who did the sculpt sculpture. And it's called The Guardians. And it shows, he likes to use real people. So he used Matthew and James So, who was on the helicopter that went down. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of back to back. And it's called The Guardians. Mm -hmm. And they're dressed in the uniform they had that day. When we dedicated it, some of the SEALs when they saw the socks, mm -hmm. 
they said, they just got goosebumps because that's exactly what the socks look like. The weapons that they were carrying are the same. And it was dedicated, um, they were supposed to break ground on a Monday in September, but they couldn't find the bond. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you make a hole in the city, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you got to fill a hole. They yeah. want you to, they want so you to fill it up. So they, could, they, couldn't, they couldn't find it. And at the end of the day, they went back into the office, and there it was on the desk. So doggone, they had to break ground on Tuesday, September 11th. Oh, wow. 2007. 2007. And two months later, on Veterans Day, November 11th, 2007, they dedicated the that memorial. Was that, that was that fast. Yep. That was that. So fast. I got to tell you, um, but you it's for all veterans. Yeah, and I think the ones that it means the most to are the Vietnam vets, because exactly what John said when he heard Corky was a vet, welcome home. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It really does kind of hammer it home for you. So we had a uh, a guest on the show last week. Um, he's part of a, an organization called Bridges of the Fallen. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, it, it, me and John and, and Boone actually talked after we went offline, and we uh, came to a decision that we were going to do whatever research was necessary to see if we could do something similar here in regards to dedicating a bridge to your son um, and actually having a bridge named after your son. Um, and uh, so I placed a phone call with our mayor, Hillary, uh, and she's interested enough to set up a meeting. So I, I'm going to go, I'm, once I get the details on that date and time, I'd like to go sit down with her. And if you guys are open to it, I'd like to take you with me yeah. and John as well. Because I like the idea of not just having these bridges sitting around that aren't named. Uh, if we can name them after our fallen soldiers. And, and what better way to do it than to dedicate one to one from right here in our very own area, your yep. son. That'd so be lovely. That's yeah. something we would love to do. Um, We've only got about five minutes left. Uh, I definitely want to, uh, God, there's just so many more things. I'm, we're going to have to have you come back on a show at another point in time. Let me, just <laughs> something, let me say something real quick yeah, about both our son Jeff and, and um, Matthew's widow Cindy. One of the things that we talked about earlier was giving back and not focusing on yourself but helping others. So mm -hmm. Jeff, when he started Axels and Tactical, really wanted to stay in touch and support the military and also law enforcement mm -hmm. and he does that um, through axles and tactical and personal things he does cindy um, works for the navy seal family foundation right and is helping other navy seal families so both of them instead of and it was it's hard to lose a brother it's hard to lose a husband right and it would be real easy to just fall into the oh poor me but both of them have gotten out and done what you need to do, and that's focus on other people and helping them. So we're really proud of both of them. One, of, one of the ladies I work with, uh, Sally Wiley. I don't know if you know Sally. She lives down in Gardnerville area. She uh, lost her son Sean about ten years ago. Um, her quote was, "Right after Sean passed, you either become bitter or you become better." And she chose to become better. Yeah. So she spends all of her time giving back to the veteran community. And w one of the things we found as, as we've met other Gold Star families, um, our Christian faith has really supported us. And people that have that faith seem it's easier for them to be better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We also thought about Matthew, you know, the thinking about him and talking about him we said Matthew would not want us just to sit here right 
Exactly. So he motivated us as well. He's yeah. motivating students. He joined to help. I mean, the last thing we want is for people like not to help, right? So yeah. I mean, this is what Paying we do. Paying forward. And yeah. uh, um, so we've only got three minutes left. I want to talk about how can people get involved. How can people? Uh, I mean. Gold Star families, right? I mean, it's it's not something that we ever wanted to talk about, but resources. Is there a central category, central directory for resources, or how can people get uh, help that they need? Do you think? Um, I think if people need help, they just need to um, reach out um, to. I think the military branches. Mm -hmm. They have the resources. Yeah. Um, so if you need help, ask for help. Don't just wait for somebody to come and find you, but be more proactive because it's amazing how many different resources are out there to help our veterans that they're not aware of. Right. Um, we were just back in Ohio. We got back last night from a golf tournament back there where they raise money for all different branches um, uh, to help the different veterans and one of them the brian bill foundation and brian was killed in extortion one seven his dad is working with mental health issues with veterans and they have retreats uh, marcus luttrell with lone survivor has the same thing and these are for all veterans so it's just a matter of asking the help is there right and that's the first step with all the veterans so i'm gonna asking uh, we got a minute and a half left. I want to plug uh, this event that you're doing on Saturday. I'm going to put the link in the Facebook feed as well. But, John, go ahead and talk to us about this event. <coughs> Excuse me. Saturday we're having at 3 o'clock at the new Northern Nevada Veterans Home. We're going to dedicate a Gold Star Memorial for all families. It's not just for dads, for moms. It's families, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. Friends. Friends. We have learned through our journey that the fallen – is the ultimate sacrifice that pays for freedom, but it's the families that live with it forever. And we don't recognize, we don't interact. Um, what I've said to people is we come to the funeral, pay our respects, and that's pretty much it. Why isn't it a continuation? So we have been working with Woody Williams. He is a Iwo Jima Medal of Honor recipient. This was his project. And we promised him that we would build one in Nevada. <coughs> we are committed to building one in the north and one in the south. And we have two other groups that want to build two more in Nevada. Um, so we're working with that this Saturday. Um, it's going to be beautiful weather. We're going to have as many families. I think some won't come. It's still, you know, they don't trust. They don't understand. They don't want to be out in public. So it'll take time. Um, and then this Friday, we have two of our Medal of Honor recipients coming into the airport. They're flying in just for the families to make this the best they can. So we're going to greet them at the airport at around 3 o'clock this Friday. Well, those kinds of events are really therapeutic for families right. and healing. So get involved and uh, show your love and compassion and by all means do something to help change the world. I'm Shane Whitecloud, John Yespa, the Axelson family. Thank you so much. This is American Warfighter Radio. Handle the truth. It's classified. I can tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Good night, ladies.